Hello all, and welcome to A State of Debate, the show where we talk about which states are worth your time and money, and which ones just aren't. Today we will be talking about Ohio and Nebraska, and why it is a waste of both time and money to visit them. Granted, this is just from experience, a lot of research, personal testaments, a dead man's tale, and general opinions. So do what you wish with what you learned today. If you go to either either of these states and hate it, well, all we can say is, we told you so. So, let's get to it. What makes an Ohio so meh? Well, for starters, Ohio's turnpike was the setting for an estimated 2,737 car accidents in 2020 and 2021 alone. According to Cleveland 5, an Ohio Turnpike snowplow truck driver has been fired for his grossly negligent behavior during a snowstorm last month when he drove his vehicle at a high rate of speed, spraying snow and ice into oncoming traffic, which resulted in a 55 car crash and 18 people injured. So far, 51 of the drivers affected have filed property damage claims against the company. This shocking event, though it may seem detached, occurred on January 23rd of this year. The high speeds and dangerous conditions are asking for trouble. Another event that occurred just 23 days later was a two-semi crash on the turnpike. A semi was parked on the freeway and was hit from behind by yet another semi-truck. The driver was reportedly sent by helicopter to a nearby hospital and was treated for serious bodily injury. Events like this are a regular occurrence on the turnpike as the entire length is at 70 mile per hour speeds, regardless of weather conditions. These events may seem few and far between, but there are approximately 2.6 fatal car crashes a day on Ohio roads. Talk about a dark turn, Pike, but all joking aside, a person is injured on Ohio roads every five minutes. The effects on one car crash within a community can send shockwaves, but imagine having one every five minutes. Not only is the Ohio Turnpike the setting for ample danger, but a full trip could set you back $21 to $105, depending on how many axles you have. The 241.3 mile road traveled only a few times a week could add up drastically. The average automobile gets 25 miles to the gallon and has approximately 13 gallons of space, meaning that you would have to fill up almost every trip. This could set you back an additional $55, depending on the size of your tank and the price of gas on the given day. Though only around a four and a half hour drive, the Ohio Turnpike could generate hours of work to make up. Most nights I work a four hour shift, meaning that money would be completely wasted if I had to travel the Turnpike. All in all, you would benefit greatly from steering clear of this asphalt jungle. Another problem growing within the state that Ohioans are trying to combat in their daily lives is drug addiction. According to the Ohio Department of Health, in 2007, unintentional drug poisoning became the leading cause of injury death in Ohio, surpassing motor vehicle crashes for the first time on record. This trend has continued through 2019. Additionally, over 500 Ohioans have died from overdose in a single month. This fact is absolutely shocking. The high rates of drug usage within the folds of Ohio are a true cause for national concern. It is easy to see the lack of care put towards ending this avoidable crisis. As we mentioned previously, the effect on one death can be felt through an entire group of people. 
So just the thought of over 500 people a month dying to something as avoidable as drug overdose is shameful. We may be joking around with a lot of our points, but there are real consequences to a state's action. And in this case, inaction. In 2019, there were 70,630 deaths due to overdose. 4,028 of those occurred in Ohio. The statistics come directly from the Ohio Department of Health. A single keystroke from this governmental body shows the apathy that people in positions of power show towards the citizens that they lead. Not only can the apathy for the general public be seen through the overdose rate, but Ohio is ranked number 33 in healthcare, meaning quite simply those seeking for help can't get it. This difficulty in process leads many addicted to drugs to refrain from asking for help. Ohio is also ranked 42 in public health, demonstrating that not just those addicted to drugs struggle with the lack of healthcare access. The lack of access to medical care has left Ohio in the past and has made the lives and stories of millions of Ohio citizens more difficult. It may seem like I'm reeling on Ohio, but I truly do believe that without proper access to healthcare, it is unreasonable to assume that a state can reach the level of greatness they yearn or proclaim to be. Another profoundly negative aspect about Ohio is their home prices. The typical home in Ohio has increased in sale value by 15.8% in the last year alone, according to Zillow. This is in stark contrast to the average being 9.1%. If we look at this in real-world examples, a home priced at $100,000 in one state could increase upwards of $7,000. That extra money could set you back a fair sum if you have to take out a loan or borrow money. All of this in consideration, the worst part about Ohio is the song Ohio by Doris Day. The beginning reads quite simply, why oh why oh why oh, why did I ever leave Ohio? Why did I wander to find what lies yonder? Life was so cozy at home, wondering why I wander, why did I fly, why did I roam? Oh why oh why oh why did I ever leave Ohio? Maybe I better go, Ohio. Though catchy at first, this song would begin to rub you the wrong way if every person you asked, what state do you live in, began belting at full voice, why, oh, why, Ohio. Even those who are far departed from musical inclination have heard this refrain in some context. My simple response is, why, oh, why, Ohio? Why would I ever travel to Ohio? Perhaps the most personally dangerous aspect when traveling through Ohio is their high crime rates. There is an average of 36,104 violent crimes a year in Ohio. Not only this, but when adding them up with the property crimes, which reach a staggering 216,363, to combine to 252,467 crimes annually for Ohio residents, considering that the current population of Ohio is 11.69 million, one in every 46 Ohioans is affected by crime. The chance of being a victim of violent crime in Ohio is one in every 327 people. If we look at the capacity for an average football stadium, which can hold 69,444 people, nearly 213 people would become a victim of violent crime. This is absolutely astronomical in terms of crime rates. If we want to dive into why the rates are so high, a good place to start would be within the borders of Cleveland which accounts for roughly 21,719 total crimes annually. This means that it is only safer than 2% of United States cities. This is absolutely insane to me. 2% of cities. 
Assuming that this website accounts for the near 19,502 cities in the U.S., there are approximately 19,111 cities safer than Ohio throughout the country. Staying just a night or two could leave you with a donut tire or a missing organ. I have absolutely no qualms about city living, but the criminal enterprising within Cleveland alone leaves me scratching my head as to why anyone would, be, would brave the violent repertoire for little in return. And that brings us to our sponsored message. Good evening, Spotify listeners. I'm here with the See Something, Say Something podcast over at the Parcast Network, the show where we talk about real-world events and crimes stopped by regular people. Next week's episode will focus on the JFK assassination and what could have or would have happened if cell phones existed. If this intrigues you, you can catch us at any time on the Spotify brand network or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program. Now, onto the dreaded state of Nebraska. Now, I bet you were thinking, Nebraska can't be that bad. And you're right. They had the lowest drug overdose rate per state in 2020, which is great. But you want to know why that is? Well, maybe it's because they have 21,500 cornfields, or 473 windmills, and 194 million cows all throughout the state. Sounds fun, right? Well, you're wrong. Due to Nebraska having so many cornfields, windmills, and cows, that leaves little room for fun attractions like amusement parks, which bring an average of $22 billion a year, water parks, which bring an average of $10 million a year, and malls, which supply an average of 5% to 20% when owning the mall. And if you have a business in the mall, you'll make profits off of that. Malls also help the economy by providing more jobs for the community. Speaking of Nebraska's economy, It is ranked 35th out of the 50 states compared to Florida, which is ranked 2nd out of the 50 states. Nebraska's main source of revenue is in the food industry. Nebraska produces about 15.3% of the United States corn, which sounds great, seems like it would be great for the economy, but wrong. Nebraska has 5.5 million acres of cornfield. Each acre of cornfield produces about $253. That means they make about $1 billion per year off of corn alone. Now that's a lot of money. I get it. But Florida makes $40 billion off of tourism a year, which makes for a hell of an economy. Nebraska also makes about $4,730,000 off of windmills, and their cows make about $533,005,000, which all those combined is still nothing compared to what Florida makes off a year in tourism alone. Now, you're probably wondering, what is there really to do in Nebraska? And I'm going to be honest with you, there is not much. Due to the vast majority of their state being cornfields, cows, and windmills, that leaves room for only one big city, which is the city of Omaha. Omaha is the capital and has potential has a population of 475,862 as of 2019, and I bet they counted most of them as cows. Let's get onto the waste of money aspect of Nebraska. You see, Nebraska is not the smallest state lengthwise. It takes about seven hours to drive across the whole state of Nebraska, 
which is 430 miles. The average car gets about 25 miles per gallon and has an average gas tank size of 13 gallons. So that means you would only have to fill up one time during your whole trip, which is great. But with gas prices nowadays, the average price of gas is about $4.32 per gallon. And that's not even premium or diesel, which will set you back about $56.16, which is not much, but let's be real here. Who knows when the gas prices will go up again? So the prices can differ from day to day. There are also many more things you can do in seven hours other than travel across the state of Nebraska. For instance, you can spend a whole day in the sun in Florida getting your tan on, or you could spend the day at a theme park. My point is, spending the day sitting in a car staring at cornfields and windmills is not anyone's ideal cup of tea. But hey, who knows? So you may be thinking, what if I want to live in the state of Nebraska? And God knows what would possess you to want to do that, but you do you. The average house, the average cost of a house in Nebraska is $233,929, which is pretty high compared to West Virginia, which has an average home price of $108,000. When living in Nebraska, you're paying the price to look at cornfields, cows, and windmills. Not very fun unless you're into that stuff. Then the state of Nebraska is for you. Nebraska also has severe weather during the spring and summer months. Nebraska averages about 57 tornadoes per year, which could easily set you back on average $400,000, or depending on how much your house, car, and belongings, or even your life are. It doesn't help that Nebraska is in Tornado Alley, which, if you heard of, it is the span of the United States that gets the most tornadoes. It doesn't help... Nebraska also experiences severe hailstorms, which don't do nearly as much damage as tornadoes, but could still set you back $1,000 depending on what damage occurred. Now, there's one more thing that will set you back some money while living in the state of Nebraska, and that is suicidal deer. Yes, you heard that right. There are suicidal deer. Don't ask me why, but they are just over life and run on the road what they feel like it, but that's just what they do. There's absolutely nothing you can do about suicidal deer in Nebraska. So yeah, maybe just steer clear of Nebraska. Listening to this ad will give you 30 minutes of ad-free listening. Have you been feeling down in the dumps? Not having the will to live? Well, then this ad is perfect for you. Michigan Suicide Prevention Hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are here for you no matter what. Please call 800-273-8255. Alrighty, I'm sure you're devastated that we're finished, but we are officially done blabbing on and on about the worst dates you could ever possibly live in. And we're here to tell you about our next episode. We'll be talking about the best states to live in. We aren't just negative Nancys around here, you know. Just to recap, we do still hate Ohio and Nebraska. 
Ohio because of the turnpike, the drug rates, the crime, the song, etc., etc. And Nebraska because of the suicidal deer and those cornfields. Seriously, you don't have any idea how boring those countrysides are. We think that you should really take all of the information that was forced down your throat today and take it into account if you ever go to these states. Seriously, don't ever go to these states. Never, ever. Forever, never, ever. Like, seriously, just don't. Just, like, avoid them.